So this week, I am sharing a really exciting announcement. And if you're listening live this week, I'm also bringing back one part of my three-part series on how to unlock the power of ChatGPT. And I'm doing both of these things because I just launched a new ChatGPT resource for nonprofits that I am so, so excited about. It's the nonprofit ChatGPT headquarters. So for those of you who are longtime listeners, you have heard me talk about ChatGPT before. I am really bought into this tool. It is not some fancy, super techie tool that needs to be built out and figured out. It should be as integrated into your workflow and as simple as Google Docs. It's a capacity builder and a time saver. And my goal is to make it easy for organizations, particularly small and growing organizations where time and money and capacity are really an issue to tap into the power of ChatGPT. If you aren't, you're leaving capacity on the table and I want to help you solve that problem. So I took the questions and the conversations that I've been having with nonprofits for the last really six or seven months and turned it into a concrete tool, which is one of my favorite things to do. The nonprofit ChatGPT headquarters is an all-in-one workspace that supports you at every phase of using ChatGPT in your workflow, from giving you ideas to giving you prompts that you can cut and paste right into ChatGPT, to giving you an already built out place to save and organize the prompts that you like, the personalities that you try, and all of the work that you do using ChatGPT. So, If you are still on the fence about ChatGPT, listen to this week's episode. If you're listening to a different episode and hearing this preview, head on over to this week's episode and get inspired. And when you're ready to take the next step and start saving you and your team hours of time and brain energy every week, you can head to brookrichiebabbage.com backslash ChatGPT dash HQ and grab the workspace. Enjoy. Hi, welcome to the Nonprofit Mastermind Podcast. I'm Brooke Ritchie Babbage, social justice lawyer turned nonprofit founder and leader of a seven-figure nonprofit. I've spent the past 20 years immersed in social impact work, and I've worn so many hats. I've worked as a leader, a board member, a coach, and a strategist. I've ridden the highs of changing lives and communities, and I have weathered the many storms that go along with doing social change work. And through it all, I've learned an important lesson. There is a method to the madness of leading social impact work. I created the Nonprofit Mastermind to share that method, to pull back the curtain on the actual strategies and mindset behind launching, growing, and leading a high-impact nonprofit. Ultimately, we do this work to make the world a more beautiful, equitable, and just place. And I want to help you do that. If you're a passionate, committed leader who's looking to build and lead an institution that has real and lasting impact, you're in the right place. Let's get started. So this week is part two in my two-part series about thought leadership. I have been focusing more on this inside of my Impact Accelerator program. So I've been thinking a lot more about it. And I decided to take the key points from a recent internal training that I did for the Accelerator leaders and share those points here in the podcast, because I really think that having a 
a thought out strategic plan around thought leadership, around how your organization is going to harness really the the power of its unique insights, of your data, of your evaluation material, of the conversations that you have with your constituents and your clients, um, the knowledge that you have inside of your organization can and should be leveraged to build your followers, to build your supporters, to build your community, and to build a broader sense of your expertise and your knowledge. And to do that in a really strategic way um, helps, and I talked about this last week, helps with cultivation, it helps with the fundraising and resource development efficiency of your organization, and it builds and leverages your capacity across multiple areas of your organization. So I think it's really powerful and important to think in a targeted and strategic way about thought leadership. So last week i talked about the framework of thought leadership what is it why is it important and what are the three areas of um sort of organizational uh, strength that thought leadership can help with and this week i'm going a little more nuts and bolts and i'm going to talk about um i'm going to talk about the framework that i teach to help people plan thought leadership develop a thought leadership plan it's the OATS framework. Um, it has four parts, objectives, audiences, topics, and strategies. And I'm gonna walk through each one, but the basic takeaway of this week's um, sort of mini training podcast is that developing a robust thought leadership plan is not complicated. And that was sort of what I was hoping some of the takeaway from last week would be is that thought leadership itself is not complicated. It sounds wonky and jargony, but it isn't. It's actually a very particular and specific thing. And so is planning for it. It can be done with intentionality and it can be done strategically. And so what I will do today is walk through this four part um, framework, these four core elements of a strong strategic thought leadership plan. And so hopefully you'll start to see, oh, wait, we can we can do this in our organization too. It doesn't have to be this sort of big, overwhelming, I'll get to this one day kind of thing. Okay, so to start, you wanna ask yourself, what's the purpose? What are we doing here? What is the objective of our thought leadership? Another way of thinking about this is what are we trying to achieve with thought leadership or what does success look like? Your objectives are important because they will inform and influence the rest of your planning process. They're going to help you figure out who your core audience is. They're going to help you narrow the topics that you focus on for your thought leadership because you, you aren't actually going to talk about everything that you know. And I know every organization has a, a deep well of insights, but you're going to want to be focused in which ones you really, um, you really leverage for thought leadership purposes. And your objectives are going to inform the strategies, sort of how you activate your plan. So there, you start here because they're going to serve as sort of the container for everything else. Now you can have multiple outcomes or objectives. You just want to be really clear about what they are. And you want to be careful about choosing too many because it can be really difficult and confusing to create 
a thought leadership plan or really to engage in thought leadership that's trying to achieve too many things. Um, each objective has at least one audience and sometimes two audiences. And so if you have multiple objectives, you know, if you have two objectives, then you're trying to accomplish two things with two distinct audiences at a minimum, which then trickles down into the kinds of content. You could be looking at three to four kinds of content for each audience, for each objective. Um, how you engage in your strategies, they're going to be applied slightly differently depending on your objective. So the more objectives you have, the more complicated um, or complex your um, your thought leadership plan becomes, which actually can be overwhelming. So my advice is choose one objective to start, or if you have multiple of them, prioritize them and really sort of start at the top of the list and, and focus your energies on the one, no more than two, that will be more, most important um, for you to achieve. So what are some possible objective, um, objectives that you might wanna consider? Some really common ones are um, supporting major donor fundraising, enhancing the profile or reputation of your organization in the community that you're in um, or among government or legislators, right, if you do advocacy work. Supporting the expansion of grassroots fundraising efforts, right? So building the base of your pyramid, your fundraising pyramid, creating or seeding communities for other forms of revenue generation, retaining existing supporters and building ambassadors, right? Building the sort of crew of people that love what you do so much that they are out in the world asking on your behalf. Achieving policy outcomes, expanding your programs or your operations into new communities, um, and delivering press and media coverage um, can actually also be an objective that a lot of people have for thought leadership. So if you remember in last week's episode, I offered a working definition of thought leadership. It's essentially using the power of your thoughts and ideas to inspire and move people to action. So as you think about your objectives, think about this. What is the action that I'm trying to move towards? What am I inspiring people to do? Is it give us money? Is it join our board or our advisory council or one of our structured leverage networks that I, that I teach about? Is it to partner with us to pass legislation or is it to enroll their children in our programs, right? What is the objective that we are trying to achieve with our thought leadership? Now, I created a download inside of my main freebie, which is the Architecture of Impact Toolkit. It includes all of the downloads that I create for these various mini training podcast episodes. They're all in one place. Um, so you might go for one and find others that are, are helpful. But for this particular download, uh, for this episode, I'm including the outline structure of a thought leadership plan to guide your thinking, as well as um, some lists, um, some insights into the different topics that I'm going to talk about here. So examples of different objectives, examples of audiences, how to figure out what your topics are, basically an outline of everything that I'm going to walk through today. So you can download that at richiebabbage.com backslash architecture of impact toolkit. So 
Now that you've gotten super clear about your objectives, you need to determine who you need to talk to in order to achieve those objectives. Who are your audiences? A good thought leadership endeavor needs a clearly defined target audience. You wanna be super clear and super specific. This is just like with fundraising. If you talk to everyone, no one will hear you. They won't think you're talking to them, so they won't pay attention. So here, just like with objectives, you want to choose one, maybe two. You want to prioritize your key audiences. The danger of trying to satisfy everyone is that you're just going to end up with really sort of diluted thought leadership that isn't engaging. And the purpose of thought leadership is to to inspire and motivate. It's to engage. So you don't want it to be diluted. Here's what you want to ask yourself. We have this objective, we have this thing, this reason that we are engaging in thought leadership. Who needs to hear from us in order to achieve the objective, right? Who do we have to talk to? Who do we need to be in conversation with? So for example, if my primary objective is to build ambassadors among my existing supporters, this legion of askers to wildly expand my fundraising capacity, then my audience is not prospective donors. It's people who have already raised their hand and said, we're in. What I share with them, how I talk to them, how I'm able to engage with them is going to be completely different than if my objective is something like enhancing my organization's profile among legislators so that they will start to invite us to decision-making tables, right? If my objective is to enhance my reputation among outside stakeholders, legislators. I'm gonna share different stories. I'm gonna share different topics. I'm gonna use different strategies, right? So who your audience is matters. This is another reason you don't wanna have too many diverse objectives, right? Because you you can see that your audience is, you know, we're gonna wanna talk directly to them. So as you're thinking about your audiences, consider some of the following. And again, these are in the the free download. Think about constituents and community members, community leaders, the people that you work with and for. Think about prospective donors. And this is a place where your donor archetype or profile, depending on what you call it, um, is really critical. Think about current supporters, potential funders and current funders. Think about government agencies, legislators, and other institutions that could serve as strategic partners to you. Those are some really common audiences. So the third element of the framework, we've done the O part, the OA, (laughs) OATS, in the OATS framework, we've done objectives and audience. And the third is topics. This is where you decide what you will say to your audience. What topics will you cover? Now, this is a place where strategy really comes into play because most organizations, most of you will have a lot of options, a lot of things that you know about, that you are expert in. You may have years of data and not just data from evaluation, but conversations you've had with people in your communities that give you insight into their experiences to lessons learned you know a lot inside your organization 
And because you have so many options, it's going to be really important to narrow your thought leadership topics. And the way that you do that is by focusing on a really important intersection. And in a moment, I'm going to talk about how this intersection is what actually sets thought leadership apart slightly from just strategic communications, right? All of our organizational communication should be strategic. And a lot of what I'm covering here goes into a strategic communications plan. But this intersection is where we start talking about thought leadership as sort of the next step in your strategic communications. So you want the topics that you choose to do two things. One, join the conversation already happening in your audience's minds. What do they care about? What questions or confusion do they have about your issue or mission or the work that you do? And where does that align with what you know or do well? your own expertise, your own data, your own values, and your own unique point of view. There's an intersection between these two. And that point of intersection is where you'll find the topics you want to lean into. So let me dive into this just a little bit more because it's really important. What do I mean by join the conversation happening in your audience's minds? Effective thought leadership does not try to bring people into your movie. What do I mean by that? A friend years ago uh, said, and I have used this in like all of my trainings, I just think it is a great metaphor for life that, you know, we're all in our own movie. We walk around in our own movie all the time. We have, you know, well-developed plot lines and backstories. I have a soundtrack that I'm pretty constantly listening to. Sometimes people will see me dancing, <laughs> but our realities are very real to us, right? Our questions, our confusions, our opinions, our values. So as a nonprofit, and this is really important with fundraising, with communication, with trying to get people to enroll in your programs, really just in sort of engaging with other humans. But for this conversation, talking about thought leadership, it's really important that we not try to force people to leave their movie and come into our movie. It's not about convincing them to care about what we want them to care about for the reason we want them to care about it. We may be screaming in our minds, but the reason that what I'm saying is right or the reason that this community is important to invest in or the reason that this issue is such a problem and more of a problem than that other problem that you're, that you're thinking about right now, we may believe that. We may be screaming that in our heads. But convincing somebody of that is not going to work most of the time. And more importantly, it's not actually effective at bringing people into your world to support you, right? What you actually want to do, what actually works is stepping into their movie and showing them how you have the answers to the questions in their movie. You have responses to the objections that they have to your mission or your work, to your issue. Um, you have a resolution to points of confusion in their movie. So you're stepping into their movie and not saying, hey, what we are doing is more important than the thing you think you care about. What you're saying is, I actually see what you care about. I get it. 
And actually what we're doing is really well aligned with that. Now, only if that's true. <laughs> and this is where, you know, you've probably gone through all the fundraising trainings and you hear, you know, donor profile and you're only really talking to your ideal donors and not everybody is your ideal donor. The same is, is true here, right? Um, even in your audience, not every person is your person. And so sometimes the, the movie they're in is just not, that plot doesn't align with your plot and that's fine. But the way that you figure that out is to step into their movie and say, hey, what questions do you have about young people that are um, coming out of a juvenile detention setting? What question do you have or what confusions or myths are you, um, do you believe about um, teen parents? I did a lot of work in, in my early career. Um, when I started, I was an attorney, a social impact attorney, and I worked on behalf of and with young teen parents. And there were, and I'm sure still are, quite a lot of myths about who these young people are and what they are capable of in life. And so as I started my organization, a lot of the young people that we worked with were in foster care, were teen parents, um, were in juvenile detention facilities or coming out of juvenile detention facilities. And so a lot of the thought, the early thought leadership that I engaged in, and this is actually how I, I sort of learned this lesson through trial by fire, I had to step into the conversations happening in the minds of potential donors, of legislators who believed certain things about the populations that I was working with and not try to say, you know, you're wrong. That's not the right belief here. I'll tell you what to believe, but, oh, I see that that's something that you think is true or that you're confused about, or that you have a question about it, that you're wondering about, I can answer that question. And actually you'll see we're aligned in what we want for these young people in our dreams and visions for their future. We want the same thing. I'm in your movie too, and in your movie, what I'm doing fits right in with your plot. Right? That's what you're trying to do. And so choosing the, um, the topics is that you will sort of really focus on is about stepping into their minds and then saying, and this is where um, the, the sort of thought leadership piece comes in, showing them where their movie lines up with your expertise. That's the leadership part. This is where you want to demonstrate your expertise, the uniqueness of your point of view. If, if you have a unique point of view, you could also have more um, depth of information, the valuable perspective that your organi organization brings to the discussion. Look at your data. What is interesting that fills a gap in existing conversations? What's unique um, or original that might surprise people? Think about conversations that you have with the people that you work with in the communities that you serve and partner with. Where are you finding that you have a unique perspective on frequent themes or answers to questions that keep coming up? Um, what do you do with your programs, with your strategies? that others could learn from and that could help them take action or be engaged with your issue on a deeper level. So this intersection between the movie happening in their head, 
the questions they have, the confusions, the the myths, the things they would love to know more about. And your expertise, what you know more about or better than other folks, that intersection goes to the crux of what sets thought leadership apart from or makes it the next step in strategic communications and what makes it effective. Because thought leadership, when it is effective, is not just about answering questions and being reactive. And it's not just about telling people about your mission or your work and your theory of change. It's about finding that special place where what you know and believe and stand for and care about intersects with what your audience wants to know about and believes and stands for and cares about and is thinking about. It's about finding that next step that they want to take on their journey in support of or understanding of an issue and then providing the information, resources, and opportunities to help them take that next step. So the final element of your effective thought leadership plan, the last part of the OATS framework is strategies. That's the S. And here you want to ask yourself, what strategies and tactics can you deploy to share the topics that you've identified with your audience and achieve your objective? So here I want you to think about three things. And, and I don't want you to overthink the strategy part, right? This is, um, most things will work, <laughs> right? Um, there's no wrong answer. There can be more effective answers, but there's no wrong answer. And so I think, you know, it can be really easy. And I work with a, a number of folks and I am absolutely one of these people. And for those of you who get my newsletter and I've probably talked about it on this podcast, I am a huge procrasta learner and <laughs> procrasta planner. Um, so I can spend, you know, weeks drafting the perfect plan, which is really just about um, being nervous about starting. So I am going to encourage all of you guys, um, don't get caught up in sort of what's the right strategy. Sort of pick some things, try them, iterate, test, and it will work, I promise. Okay, so here are the three things to think about as you're identifying the strategies that you want to deploy for your thought leadership. First, credible messenger. Who are the people under your organization's tent, right? Your staff, your board, your constituents, your um, sort of the people that make your organization work. Who are the right messengers to deliver the messages to your audiences? And just, you want to think about who your audience needs to hear from. Often it will be the executive director. That's a really easy one. It could be other staff, depending on who your audience is. Um, it could be constituents. It could be board members. It could be partners. Think about the appropriate vehicle. In what ways does this audience need to receive your message in order to move in the direction of your objective? Um, here I mostly mean sort of medium. Right. So blogs, podcasts, newspapers, trade journals, conferences, convenings, working groups, testimonies um, in front of public officials, television, webinars. How, how do they need to get the information? Right. What is the way that they receive their information? And then finally, as you're thinking about your strategies, in what form? Long or short? Written or visual or audio? in person or online. This is basically the difference between, you know, an in-person convening or a webinar. 
um, a report or an infographic. And remember that the same topic, the same content can take different forms to reach people in different ways. You can take a long form report and break it down into shorter white papers. You can break it down into an op-ed or a series of infographics. These different vehicles, these different forms are gonna appeal to different people in different ways. They're gonna work in different ways. A convening that you hold can be repurposed as a transcript or a blog post or a webinar, right? So I encourage you to think creatively about, you know, I, I said you wanna focus on specific topics and not have too many, but you can, you can get a lot of content, even just from one topic or even just from one thing that you produce. So these are the elements of a strong thought leadership plan. Follow the OATS framework to think through your own plan, your objective, your audience, your topics, and your strategies. And you can map out a, a strategic thought leadership plan for your year, and a number of organizations do. You can also just have a more time-bound campaign with a specific audience or a specific objective, you know, for three months or six months. That's a great way to test out topics to sort of put your toe in the water um, in sort of the thought leadership water. So that is the mini training for today. I hope this two-part series was helpful. If you didn't hear last week's, I encourage you to go back and listen to it. It provides a lot more of the sort of the why and the framework for what I'm talking about here. If this was helpful, I would love for you to share this podcast with a friend, leave a review and a, a five-star rating on Apple, and definitely join me next week for more Mastermind. Have a great week. Thank you so much for joining me for this week's episode of the Nonprofit Mastermind podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe on Apple or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you think what we talk about here, the trainings and the guests and the conversations could benefit another leader in your life, I'd love if you would leave a review and share with your friends. If you want to take the next step and begin to put into practice what we talk about on this podcast, I've created a toolkit where I collect and share downloads from many of our conversations. It's got templates, worksheets, and references to help you execute on what we talk about here on The Mastermind. There's lots of great stuff, and I add to it almost every week. You can download it at richiebabbage.com backslash architecture of impact toolkit. I also want to share another free resource for leaders of growing nonprofits. It's a free training. It's called what got you here won't get you there. The four questions you need to ask to know if your nonprofit is really ready to scale. Growing an organization doesn't happen by accident. As we all know, you have to take the right strategic steps at the right time to avoid overwhelm and burnout and that horrible feeling that so many of us have had as you watch the work of your organization outstrip capacity and sometimes even funding. It's almost impossible to reverse engineer good growth. And by that, I mean growth that can be sustained over time just by looking at what you think you see in other organizations. So in this free training, I help cut through all the noise and 
I identify the four simple questions that if you really engage with them and think about them, will tell you when you're ready to grow without frenzy, without overwhelm, and with the confidence that you're making the right moves for your organization. You can access the training at richiebabbage.com backslash ready to scale. If you'd like more leadership resources and strategies in your life, sign up for my weekly newsletter, Leadership Forward 321. Each week, I curate and share three articles, two resources, and a quote on a theme. You can get that at richiebabbage.com backslash leadership forward 321. That's all for now. Have a great week, and I'll see you back here next week for more Mastermind.